Estás escuchando WMNF Tampa Radio. This is Alex Ruiz from the band Del Castillo, and you're listening to WMNF Tampa Musica. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Good morning, my dear listeners and kindred spirits. Welcome to the Healthy Steps Radio Show here on WMNF Tampa, where both truth and great music proudly call it their home. Today's show is again dedicated to you. It's the Ask Me Anything edition of the Healthy Steps Radio Show, the purest vincula between you and Dr. Harvey. I'm a regular cheerleader for AMA, Ask Me Anything show, and believe you me, I'd probably look pretty smashing and quite the sight to behold, all rah-rahing in a pleated dress or ice-blue hot pants with pom-poms a-flailing like the leader of the squad, and with that picture firmly planted in your mind, you know what to do. If you have any medical questions, give us a call at 813-239-9663, or you can send an email to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. Well, Doc, AMA always seems to bring out the best in our listeners. I've heard callers with concerns and apprehension in their voice as they ask their questions, and I've heard their audible sense of understanding and relief when you've addressed their issues. And among my favorite are those that have called in some weeks in the past and are calling again to give you a positive update almost always attributing it to them taking control of their situation and practicing the root fundamentals of good health to recovery. And I am reminded that not everyone's query is easily unraveled, but at least here they have a new start point in grokking their situation. I'm excited about the almost limitless possibilities of AMA. So let's get this show on the road. Take it away, Doc. I think that the intro just ended. Um, we're having a little yeah, bit we're of good there. audio issues. I can barely hear what's going on on the other end, but um, thanks for the intro and uh, welcome back on Monday morning, everyone. Hi, Bill. Good morning to you. Can you hear me now? That is much better, yes. Well, we got something going then. Very good, very good. Take it away for another AMA Monday. Wonderful. So, yes, um, what a lot of stuff goes on. My uh, um, my day is uh, uh, a little confused. It's been a, a, a really uh, kind of whirlwind in my personal life recently. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we still don't have any uh, uh, interview guests, which is quite okay. I'm really enjoying this. Um, going through some interesting news articles in health recently, um, saw something come up uh, that is uh, really fascinating. Um, White-tailed deer appear to have some really unique um, uh, uh, immune systems. And, um, in fact, um, the um, uh, serum, the, the fluid component of white-tailed deer has an interesting component that um, is different from antibodies and from the white blood cells um, doing uh, their job in uh, acting like uh, um, sentinels um, uh, for our, our infections. The, the interesting thing with white-tailed deer is they, they um, are not 
um, um, infected by Borrelia burgdorferi. Borrelia burgdorferi is the spirochete. Spirochetes are a specific type of spirally bacteria that um, include um, syphilis and yaws and Lyme disease within their ranks. And it's a very difficult bacteria to kill. But for some reason, the white-tailed deer does not get um, infected by it. It has some unique property. Mice are really the vector of Lyme disease. Um, the deer tick is what brings it to humans, but the, the, the deer tick actually is also a mouse tick, and it gets the infection of Lyme bacteria called Borrelia from the mice. And the mice actually um, uh, don't um, transmit it to us. It's, it's actually uh, the tick that bites the, the mouse. Um, and the, the tick is then actually waiting for a deer because the tick reproduces within deer. It doesn't reproduce in humans. We're just a, 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 like a, a, a bystander that unfortunately gets infected. So the, the deer tick are looking for a deer to latch onto and they latch onto us and they bite us and we get the infection. Deer don't get the infection. And that's really interesting. And so they found that actually mixing the sera when they extract the sera from these um, white-tailed deer, and other deer species as well. Deer have this unique property. Um, they don't get infected. And it also kills the uh, bacteria that they mix it with. So there may be some unique property there that we can find and hopefully effectively use to work on this other uh, pandemic that is going on now. Um, it's much, much, much worse than the coronavirus pandemic because it's affecting um, uh, uh, 30% of the population, up to 50% of the population, and it's chronic. In many cases, so there's not that uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2 can't turn into a chronic inflammatory condition, but this one is is not well recognized, and infectious disease doctors um, aren't usually willing to talk about it because it's a very difficult thing to take care of. But it's interesting that um, we have these these deer that never get infected by it, but their deer ticks actually infect us, and the deer actually protect can protect us. So we're going to be doing some more research there, I'm sure. Um. The uh, and also it's really interesting that they also uh, make uh, uh, neutralizing antibodies for um, SARS-CoV-2 or COVID neutralizing antibodies. So it looks like they're not really getting a bad. Uh, they do get infected, but they're not going to um, suffer from it too much. Um, other things in the news, um, I thought it was really interesting that you know we talk a lot about walking. You know the show I call the Healthy Steps because I love to walk, and walking is so important for us. Um, many people recommend you get 10,000 steps a day, but, um, 10,000 steps a day is, um, um, you know, just an arbitrary number somebody picked up and seems to have some positive research, but you don't have to do 10,000. You don't have to do it every day, but, um, even doing some relatively modest exercise and, and, and walking for 20 minutes every day has been shown to have actually great effect. But one new study shows that getting 8,000 steps uh, in two different walks a week, only twice a week, can really actually uh, engage, engage your body in a different way and, and create um, longevity. You can add a couple of years to your life just by actually getting out and walking. Uh, I've talked about that before, but this one's really good. It's, it's 8,000 steps only. And um, so another issue that has been, um, uh, I think, uh, uh, recent, uh, recently talked about uh, is, is that 
Um, uh, dementia, is, it's, we talk about it a lot. I mean, dementia is a problem because it is um, uh, an epidemic on the way. And anything we can do to actually help turn back dementia is brilliant. And one of them is actually getting out there and walking 20 minutes a day. Good evidence for that. But uh, magnesium-rich diet is also linked to lower dementia risk. Uh, many studies have done it. Another one just published them uh, most recently, a couple of days ago. Um, and, and what you're looking at is foods that are uh, high in magnesium. And rather than taking a magnesium supplement, because um, it really is um, much easier to get some food um, than it is to buy supplements. And if you can get some good quality food, um, then uh, you're going to do better. So biodynamic Look for that if you can't get that. If you get, get local, uh, grown in in a, a yard or a farm nearby, or your your backyard would be a great place to go. Um, but uh, uh, the next level is is organic, and finally just general produce. Um, but the homegrown and biodynamic are going to have the most amount of nutrients because the harvest is closest to home. Don't travel. Don't break down. Good magnesium foods include pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, almonds, spinach, cashews, peanuts, soy milk, rolled oats, and um, lots of leafy greens. Uh, avocado is very good. Brown rice is good. Even milk has some magnesium in it. But uh, I think we should mention that this is a call-in show, and uh, I'd love to hear some uh, people call in new, uh, soon. And this is WMNF uh, 88.5 Tampa. Okie doke, yes, no doubt. And here we go with another of my favorite, the Ask Me Anything show. So we're counting on you. Your participation makes all the difference in the world and how well we are able to answer questions and bring just incredible sources of information to our listening public. So give us a call. Irene's waiting for you. The number is 813-239-9663. Or send your emails. Continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And you can also text us at 813-433-0885. And we do have Celeste on the phone with a question about pain relievers. Good morning, Celeste. Yes, I have constant pain because I have different issues, and I have to use a leave quite frequently. I was wondering, could you recommend some uh, better pain relief medication? So I'm having trouble hearing, but I think I heard that you have pain and you, you use a leave quite often. Is that correct? Yes, and I wanted to know if you have some alternative things that would be better for me to use. Yeah, she's wondering if you have alternative things that might be better than the leave. Um, why, why is she taking a leave? Well, I have severe stenosis. I have um, in my lumbar region. I have osteoarthritis in my shoulder. And I have um, arthritis in my neck. So that something is bothering me constantly. Okay. So um, sounds like degenerative arthritis disease, um, uh, low back pain, spinal stenosis, um, and, and other areas. Uh, so, yeah, Aleve works. It is a, uh, a pain reliever. You might get help from using some of the natural arthritis uh, or anti-inflammatory remedies like curcumin, turmeric extract, um, boswellia. Uh, or boswellic acid it comes from um, um, frankincense, um, siloxin, um, or uh, uh, salicylic acid, not acetylsalicylic acid, which is aspirin, but salicylic acid, willow bark extract also has effect. Combination of those three is very useful. 
Um, you also might try topical capsaicin cream on areas that are uh, problematic. And um, the uh, 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 movement is uh, really, really important. Um, so doing uh, regular exercise, uh, low impact when you have arthritis, and uh, um, looking at physical therapy for that low back because spinal stenosis is a, a, a problem that um, can respond to some uh, supportive muscle work. But um, spinal stenosis is one of the conditions that actually does respond fairly well to surgery when it is severe enough to require it. Uh, yeah, I, I do all the exercise and, and, and do all of that. I, I, is a leave dangerous to continue taking it like several times a week? Would you, is that okay? Because that is very, very helpful for me. Um, well, anything we take has risk and benefit. And as far as a leave goes, the federal government has decided that a leave is such low risk that they've allowed it to be over the counter. Um, it was prescription, um, when it first came out naproxen sodium and, um, I uh, I used it as a prescription, and and I I think that it's actually fairly safe as these things go. Um, and a couple times a week would uh, actually reduce your uh, uh, toxic burden by not doing it every day. Yeah, and, and now so, that I'm sorry, go ahead. I, no, I think that that yeah, you're 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 on the right track there. Um, now let me ask you something. You recommended curcumin and boswellia and uh, salicylic acid. Is there like a a, a a pill combination that I can take that? Do you know of one? A capsule or something that, that those three yeah, are? Yeah, there are several on the market. Um, you, you can, uh, 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 I, I have uh, several from different companies, um, uh, Designs for Health, Zymogen, uh, they, they, they make them. There are lots on the market, but um, what you want is one that's got um, a, a standardized curcuminoid, um, like 95% curcuminoids in the uh, uh, curcumin extract. Um, the uh, 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 boswellic acid, um, uh, I don't think it has a, 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 a specific, um, uh, uh, any other branded uh, uh, um, form of it, but yes, um, it'll, it'll show up in, in combinations. Uh, so will salicylic acid. Uh, willow bark extract is often how that's talked about. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Very good. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Yes, um, and if you're just tuning in, you are listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. It's the Ask Me Anything show, so anything that's been on your mind, we want to hear it. Well, medically on your mind, let's say. You're encouraged to participate by calling 813-239-9663. Irene's in the control room waiting to take your calls. Or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. And we've got <clears throat> Susan from St. Pete who's already taken us up on that offer. And I can see a light flashing, meaning we've got someone in the wings. Let's go to Susan. Good morning, Susan. Uh, good morning. Hi. Uh, what I've been wanting to ask, because... No one has been able to give me the information on this. I have vertical line in my fingernail, and it makes them um, uh, uh, chip, chip more, and I have to peel them off. So do you know what causes that? Is that hereditary? Um, there is possibly some um, hereditary nature to that. Um 
And it could also be that you have some damage to the nail matrix back at the base of the nail. Um, and uh, it could be uh, that you have some trouble either with hormones or proteins. Um, are you menopausal? Um, I'm 74. And so have you used uh, hormone therapy? Are you on any? No. No, and okay. I just had um, a blood test with uh, that included hormones, and they seem to be normal. What's normal, though? Does that mean normal for someone who's menopausal and has no hormones, or normal for someone who's 22 and is still cycling? I don't know. Right. Um, so the possibility is that you could respond to um, a, a, some hormone replacement therapy, um, and another is that you might want to evaluate your protein intake because um, uh, protein uh, intake is really important uh, um, as far as maintaining skin, hair, bones, and nails. And so you want to get at least a half a gram of protein per pound of body weight per day to maintain your um, protein uh, structures in your body. And another thing is uh, possibly um, some... Um, uh, Iron deficiency might also cause them to be have more vertical um, lines. Well, um, that's interesting, uh, and I will definitely put that in my um, researching fact. It's something that I've had for uh, for many, many, many years, and like I said, I um, I remember my mother having them, and I would think it had something to do with nutrition. Um, just to throw in, I, I do have osteoporosis and I also have uh, MS. Um, I, I do take Biocil and I'm very cognizant about my protein intake per another question I asked you a, a while ago. So, uh, yeah. So it sounds like I, you're doing a bunch of the right things. Um, uh, zinc, vitamin A, also helpful. Um, you might want to see a dermatologist and see if there's anything else going on there. Okay. And, um, and listening to uh, the previous caller about pain relief, um, the physician that I go to recommended um, I take Tiger Balm. If I do have pain, um, I really don't have a whole lot, but I might be starting some degenerative stuff in my lower spine. Yeah, Tiger Bomb's a good choice. It's nice. It's uh, topical, menthol relieving, and so does it. It works like the uh, capsaicin. It distracts the pain receptors. Okay. All right. Thank you, Dr. Harvey. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okie dokie, and we're going to go to Brian, who's been waiting patiently in Bradenton for us. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Can Hi, you Brian. Hear me all right? I can hear you. Oh, great, great. Uh, thanks for taking my call. So my question okay. is about cholesterol and just wondering if the science is starting to shift. Um, my LDL has always been a little bit out of range, like in the 130, 140 range. And um, total cholesterol is over 200, like average between 210 to 230, 240. And I've avoided taking statin drugs. I just really don't want to go there. Um, and I've been reading lately about it's the lack of vitamin K2 that sometimes I think causes our liver to process cholesterol in a different way. And by, like, eliminating egg, egg yolks, that's actually a negative side effect. Um, can you speak to that 
uh, what your latest research is? Um, so cholesterol is, from my perspective, a symptom of vascular inflammation. It goes up when you're damaging the uh, blood vessels. And the um, nature of uh, uh, the inflammation, it, it, it's, it's so, so many different things could be involved here. And one of the more um, interesting, uh, um, it's been in the literature, but it's not really been really looked at by doctors very much because we've basically consigned it to thinking about gout, but it's much more important than that. Uric acid, your uric acid levels are important. If your uric acid levels over six or even over 5.5, you want to consider that your diet is actually pushing on the cholesterol. And it probably is as is with the numbers you're talking about. And um, so things that actually drive the, uh, uric acid elevation, which is also going to help to raise uh, the cholesterol is um, fructose, fruit sugar. Um, so doing fruit juices and things like that are not good. Um, the um, uh, nature of uric acid is that when it's elevated, it irritates the blood vessel, and then you respond by actually spackling with cholesterol. And um, so I would get the uric acid level checked. I would I would look at the diet and look more towards doing a uh, modified Mediterranean with eight servings of vegetables a day, uh, hard, uh, you know, raw and cooked, um, uh, two servings of uh, berries or apples, um, uh, a good 10 ounces of um, lean protein, some beans, some olives, um, uh, maybe a, a serving or two of grain. And, and that is going to really affect the cholesterol in a great way and help to uh, minimize any kind of impact from that. And then another thing to look at is to go deep into your cholesterol and look at um, uh, Quest has an advanced lipid test that breaks the cholesterol down into particles and gives you an idea of um, how damaging your current lipid profile is. Because just looking at the basic uh, uh, cholesterol triglycerides, LDL, HDL, that's not enough anymore. We have so much more information to look at. So, um, yeah, I think uh, you can still avoid the statins, but you need to uh, really look at what's going in and how you can adjust that. Something as simple as fiber, uh, one fiber capsule before every meal may completely alter the way you deal with cholesterol. Awesome. That's very interesting. Um, yeah, a couple things I hadn't considered in there. Uh, Calcium score, do you put much weight on that? Yeah, actually, a calcium score is going to tell you how much actual, um, um, you know, old, uh, inflamed, damaged arteries are in your heart. Calcium plaque happens when you have damage that sits around for a while. And okay. the inflamed cholesterol plaques basically turn to soap and get calcified. And so you get these calcific things in there that, that show that you've had prior inflammation. It may not be inflamed now. We don't know. So they're, they're, they're a good guide, but they don't tell us whether or not you're having active problems. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm coming up on 60 years old and I'm actually in really good health. And that's the only number I've got that's of concern is my cholesterol. Um, I've kind of avoided the calcium score just because of the radiation, but I think I need to uh, just put that aside and, uh, and see what's really going on in there. Yeah, you could do that. You could you could do um, a uh, a a um, a stress test and just see how the function is. Yeah, and that's come back very positive. 
Um, oh, then I don't know if I if you have a if you have a normal stress test, I would I don't know if I'd worry about doing a coronary coronary calcium score. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean your your function is good. Who cares what the anatomy looks like? <laughs> Honestly, okay. just get your cholesterol down. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, and I I really appreciate what you, what you do on the show and uh, help a lot of people. You're very welcome. Glad to help. Okay. Great day. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Brian. Appreciate getting the nice feedback. I've got John from Plant City waiting for us here with a prostate question. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning, and uh, thank you for answering my call, and uh, hope you're both doing good. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, 74 years old, and probably 15 years ago, uh, you know, got diagnosed with an enlarged prostate, and uh, uh, you know, was put on the uh, Flomax or what is it, Camisolin or whatever. Yeah, and I've been taking it ever since, and I, you know, of course, I don't, I don't get any better. Uh, and I'd love to get off of the Flomax, and I'm, you know, kind of looking at alternative treatments that the the VA is only going to pay for one thing, and that's a major operation. And I was just asking you, Doctor Fred, uh, what would you do? <laughs> Well, 15 years ago, I would have started on a natural process to try and shrink the prostate. Um, it does take time, and when the symptoms are mild, it's it's a it's a time to do it. The yeah, it's possible you could just stop the Tamsulosin Flomax now. You would probably have um, less um, flow and and more difficulty with urination. Probably get up more often at night. But it's not like it's not a medicine that you survive on. However, your sleep deprivation would probably get pretty bad. I often actually um, recommend to patients that have had tamsulosin failure, rather than going on hormone suppression, which, you know, you don't have a cancer um, uh, suppressing your testosterone, kind of makes you feel flat. Um, I don't advocate that for most people. I think that the transurethral resection of the prostate known as the TERP operation is probably one of the best things you could actually do because it opens up the area, removes a bunch of the tissue, and um, allows you to urinate without having to take a medication. And the adverse consequences of that are really reduced since they've actually improved the therapy. They've even moved from the old standard wire loop that was electrified into a laser that does it with much more grace and um, uh, a lot you. less uh, adverse consequences. So say say again, what is that? What is that called now? T-U-R-P. It's the prostate surgery that you don't want to do. Oh, okay, because okay, the, the VA will do that for free. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's it works, um, and uh, it's it's uh, fairly low adverse consequence. Um, I would actually explore with them what what procedure they're going to do because they have a couple of options, and I would ask them if they would opt for the most uh, progressive and least um, damaging option. Um, but I don't know what the VA actually offers. Uh-huh. Well, uh, thank you very much, Dr. Fred. I really appreciate it, and uh, have a good day. You too. Bye. Yeah, the VA sort of works in its own little mysterious realm. Yes, um, it does. I've, I've got um, Milton from Sarasota on the line. Good morning, Milton. 
Hi, Milton. Hi, hi. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Doctor. Um, what have you got? I got a couple real quick things for you. Um, what's your take on? I just heard your brief uh, your brief take on magnesium. Yes. Tell me about it. Tell me about magnesium. It was recommended as a sleep aid, actually, to take it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. as a sleep aid. And the more I looked into it, the more I got confused about it. Um, like how many milligrams for for a regular guy, um, for a man, how many milligrams a day is recommended? Is it recommended to take it all at once or to spread it out during the day? And then what's up with the sleep thing? Okay, so magnesium is um, a very, very important mineral. It operates in about 400 different enzyme systems and reactions in our bodies to facilitate change and growth. And so magnesium is a calming agent. Um, it can help to um, relax. And then magnesium um, in, in different forms has different properties. Like magnesium oxide is a mineral salt that's a great laxative. So is magnesium citrate, not a mineral salt, but a uh, amino acid salt, but citrate's a pretty good laxative too. Um, magnesium glycinate, glycine is actually acts as a detox agent, but it also has a uh, central nervous system calming property. Magnesium glycinate is often used at bedtime to help with sleep. Magnesium threonate, threonate's another amino acid. Threonate helps with nervous system uh, uh, stability and growth. And so um, it can also help at time of sleep. It can help in people who have neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's and dementia too. And I think there's even a specific study on magnesium threonate in dementia. So the um, chelated part of the supplement is going to have effect, and so is the magnesium itself. So magnesium, great for sleep, any form generally, unless you're taking lots of magnesium oxide, which may get you up in the middle of the night to have a laxative effect. Sure. So avoid magnesium oxide if you want to do it for sleep, and try mag magnesium glycinate or threonate for sleep. Okay, I understand. Thank you. I have a citrus magnesium. Magnesium. So that's uh, that's in between um, a good sleeping aid and a laxative. Magnesium citrate I use as a laxative more often. And okay, thank you. And so two hundred milligrams is a general dose at night that I often see, but you can go as high as um, eight hundred milligrams in a day, uh, but not if you have kidney problems. Kidney patients don't filter magnesium efficiently, and they might get toxic by doing too much. Is it taken throughout the day, or is it taken like three tablets, three capsules once a day? I'm if you specifically want it for sleep, I'd do the bigger dose at night. If you just want the benefits of magnesium, um, take some with several meals. Several meals, okay. Dr. Harry, thank you. I understand. I have You're a, so welcome. I have a chronic. Um, I have a chronic uh, bad ankle. And it goes from like one to two on the pain scale to nine to 10 where I can hardly walk. And it's uh, secondary to, um, it's my non-dominant leg and it's secondary to, I was a gymnast, I was a kickboxer once upon a time. And I know it's just wear and tear. I've had x-rays done, I've had, and it just shows arthritis. And, um, 
I do understand that. I've been managing arthritis for the past 10 years or so through through isometric exercise, through um, low-impact exercise, through, um, you know, things like body, uh, biking and um, body blade and that type of thing, right? But I can't yes. seem to find an exercise. I can't seem to find something. And when it's bad, I mean, it's really bad. I have to take four, I have to take upwards of 800 milligrams of ibuprofen just so I can walk comfortably. And it's, um, somebody suggested, a physician friend of mine said, well, maybe you want to explore an ankle replacement. And I thought, I don't think so. Well, it's possible. I mean, if you're, if it's that degraded, um, uh, it may be a, a fusion could actually be useful so you don't have so much pain. Uh, I don't know how bad it is. Um, but yeah, I've seen patients that have had fused ankles and they've been very happy they've done it um, because the excruciating pain was gone. Um, they do have less range of motion of that leg, so they have to learn how to walk better but um, or a different way. But they're very happy with the lack of, of pain. So um yeah, when when a joint gets to the point where it's completely destroyed, it often is uh, best to immobilize it. Um, I've I've watched people get better. I I don't know that there might be other answers. Um, muscle activation techniques sometimes helps you use the joint in a better way. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's hard to tell without knowing exactly how bad you are. Is there an orthopedic? It it's absolutely terrible towards the end of the day. Um, no, I just, I don't know how bad the pathology is in the joint and what's going on there. So yeah, you should probably consult with an orthopedic surgeon, um, a physical therapist, a muscle activation techniques therapist. Gotcha. My last... Acup patient, acupuncture may help too. I I do. I uh, put needles. That's sometimes the only relief I get. I uh, put the needles in myself. Um, oh, okay. There's, the last issue was, um, oh, I had a cholesterol thing going on. And nobody, I couldn't understand it. My my PCP couldn't understand it. And we went back. We thought the numbers were so out of whack that it had to be a difficulty with the lab. Well, you had suggested to me um, a while back to go and have a had a CAT scan done. I can't remember the name of the test. And it's in and around the thoracic region. And what what it was, it, it looks at calcification of the arteries. And yes, and the, my number was sixty one. Oh, that's low. Well, what? What? <laughs> well, that's great. That's good to know. That's great news. Where? When do you start? What number do you get to in and around that you begin to say maybe we have to do something? Because I eat eat right. Sixty-one. Yeah, that's the number. You have a number. If you had zero, you probably wouldn't have much to do. But if you have a number, it means you have stuff to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you see pathology, you might as well start turning it back. You don't want it to go to seventy-one, ninety-one, or six thousand one. I'm working on. It. Is there a? Is it possible to go to a thousand? I mean, what's the top end? Oh, I have. I've. I've seen people with fifty-five hundred. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. They they have a calcified heart. Yeah, they've they've been inflamed for years. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, you're you're pretty safe where you are. However, we don't know how much soft plaque you have, and that's more important than the actual calcium score. And you can't actually gauge the soft plaque with the calcium score. And the soft plaque is the stuff you check by doing a Cleveland Heart Labs inflammatory panel and checking out how much rancid, inflamed, pissed off plaque you have in your arteries. Cleveland Heart Labs. Quest does it. Quest does it. That's the um, the CVA stuff. 
that's uh, the plaque that travels around that 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 that's the plaque that that can rupture and and cause a clot and cause an event so yeah the cleveland heart labs from quest um looks at myeloperoxidase and lppla2 and adma and all these things that you've never heard of and most of your primary care doctors haven't heard of but they are amazing assessments of what's going on inside your vascular system and can help you gauge whether you're at risk. If you have a calcium score of 61, but you have a mild peroxidase of 600, you're in trouble. But thanks for your input. We got four more callers on the line and have a great day, Milt. Thank you. Thank you very much there, Milt. That was great. Let's go to uh, Nancy in St. Pete. Good morning, Nancy. Haven't talked to you in a while. Hi, thanks. Hi there. I've been told I have a slightly leaky heart valve, and I wondered if exercise will make it worse, and is there anything I can do to help it? I have a a fast heart rate uh, between 80 and 117 on a normal basis because of a bad chiropractic adjustment. Hmm. I think the the heart rate's probably due to what's going on in your heart if you have a heart valve. Uh, Most people don't maintain a a, a, a heart rate over 100 from an adjustment that happened in the past. Um, so, um, leaky heart valves, it depends on which one, which valve is leaking. Yeah, he didn't say. Okay. So then he must not think it's very important and it probably isn't affected by much. However, certain valves are certainly problematic. Aortic stenosis is a leaky or a, uh, a, a valve murmur that could with exercise result in you passing out. Um, but, it would be one that he would have mentioned something about if you had that going on more than likely. Uh, my guess is you have a trace um, mitral valve regurgitation, which um, is evidence that your heart muscles getting a little lax and probably could use some more um, um, uh, help. Uh, so work on cardiovascular health uh, with excellent diet, like a modified Mediterranean diet, exercise, lots of oral antioxidants, fish oil, um, uh, vitamin D, vitamin K. Previous caller was very much on target with the vitamin K. You need vitamin K for keeping your blood vessels happy and healthy. How does that help? All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Yes, and we've also now got um, Mark from, well, there's John from Sarasota. Good morning, John. You've been waiting a while. Thank you for your patience. Hi, yes. Oh, thank you for taking the call. Uh, Hello, John. Uh, um, I was diagnosed about three years ago with prostate cancer, and um, my numbers have been below uh, single digits, and so I've been on an active surveillance. Um, my nutritionist has me on um, an iodine, iodine intake with kelp. That I take soft palmetto, and I've adjusted my diet and cut my sugars and, and things like that out, so I've been feeling a little better. Um, but I've also noticed that my blood pressure has gotten lower. It's like 98 over 48. I was wondering if that had any effect on it. Hmm. Um, no, I don't think it it does. But you know, uh, lots of things respond to lots of different things. Um, so, what was your Gleason score? Uh, three plus four. Oh, okay. So, um, um, and a few. I went and had the lab test done elsewhere too. I went to John Hopkins and had it sent out, and some of them came back three plus three. So. I'm a little leery um, about uh, about taking any any treatment action right now because I've heard a lot of things recently about not jumping the gun with um, with getting these treatments done. Um, if, if, Which treatments are you talking about? Well, 
just like radiation or, or a prostatectomy or any of these radical treatments that I really am not looking forward to even considering, but I have to. Yeah, I, I think that um, the, the system is set up to guide you towards the wrong choice anyway. I would never, ever consider radiation in your case. It, it, it damages too much. It's, it's, I can't believe people actually choose that first. Second, um, radical prostatectomy, uh, almost every one of those that I've seen has actually resulted in metastasis. Um, it's sad, but once you break the capsule, you have trouble. The approach that I actually recommend most of my patients to consult with immediately, even at your level, you have a Gleason six to seven area. That's like right on the edge. And um, I think it's worth considering uh, HIFU, high intensity focused ultrasound therapy. Do you know about that? I do know about that. I think it's brilliant, I, I, yeah. and I've watched several people actually thrive with that. Uh, the the cancer was completely eradicated, and uh, within a year, the one guy had a PSA of zero, so we put him back on testosterone because he had already had testosterone problems, and now he's thriving at age 93. My testosterone levels are, are, are pretty good. I think they're in the yeah. 300, so um, I don't know if that's, if that's a, a good point there, too. That's fine. His were down at 90. Yeah. Well, and and so um, yeah. So I I have looked into it. I'm not certain if I'm still a candidate for it at the time. A couple of years ago, I was a candidate for it, but it was a little pricey for me, uh, and I yes. didn't have resources to do it. And then I it's unfortunate that this very valuable treatment is not covered by insurances, is not covered by Medicare. They're forcing people to do damaging, really horrible procedures because they won't pay for the one that works. Right. I mean, I don't have a spare twenty five thousand dollars in my yeah. Medicare. My Medicare doesn't uh, certainly doesn't cover it, but it is FDA approved, which is kind of a, you know, oxymoron there. But well, yeah, but see, the uh, uh, most uh, uh, urologists don't have the HIFU machine, so they're going to fight against it being approved. Well, there's someone in Sarasota that does have it, and he's he's supposed to be the main man to do it. But as I said, I just couldn't afford to. Uh, right, right, right. I mean, it's available, hard, but. You know. But we're not getting coverage, which, you know, that should be covered. Medicare should be covering this valuable procedure because it does less damage than the radiation and the radical and costs less money in the, in the long run, really. Yeah, well, you know, I'm hoping to die with it and not from it. So that's that's one of my goals here. But um, exactly. You know, I've adjusted my diet to, to, to work with that. And I, I guess the, the low blood pressure is an okay side effect because I'm not really, uh, I say, physically fit. So. Um, that was one thing. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're not having symptoms from low blood pressure, it's not a big deal. If your pressure is what are you running ninety eight to some to a hundred? Nine, yeah, nine, yeah, ninety eight to uh, to um, ninety eight forty eight has been my average for for a while now. If you're not dizzy or tired or falling out, I think that you've no, got your blood pressure really low. <laughs> no, not at all. The, the, the only other uh, question I had, uh, Doctor Harvey, if you please, um, I, I was listening to this article about this. Um, uh, dysbiosis. I, I take. I take. Dysbiosis, an excellent thing to pay attention to. Your microbiome, your microbiomes. You have about eighteen different microbiomes on and around your body, but the one in your guts so critical. Pay attention to that. Support your microbiome with good probiotics, good clean vegetables, fiber, and you'll be happy. I need to move on to the next caller. The, the, the thing with that, I was wondering if 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 you can get. Um, if your body gets too used to probiotics that you take um, on a regular Change basis. Change your probiotics on a regular basis. I do. And eat lots of uh, uh, home fermented foods. Mm -hmm. Okie dokie. And we've got, um, well, I guess we lost Scott, so let's go to Mark in Spring Hill. Good morning, Mark. Hello, doctor. How are you doing? 
Hi, Mark. I'm good. How are you? Uh, trust me, you don't have enough time. So what's up today? Don't. What do we mean? only got about 10 more minutes. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. On my stomach. Um, I've been to the doctor, and they say there's nothing wrong. I eat, I bloat, I drink, I bloat, I bloat, I bloat. Oh, um, sounds like and, you have possibly and, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And I have PND, the, and that thick mucus goes down, and then the pressure coming up, and it makes it, at times, a little difficult to breathe. Well, have you done a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth breath test? A what? No. Small at SIBO breath test. I mean, you're, you're talking about bloat. One of the first things you need to go look at is what's going on in your gut. So a did all stool test. I've had, I've had CTs and all that. And the doctor says, there's nothing wrong. Well, yeah, well, he, 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 there is something wrong, and it's called the doctor. Um, you need to find a different doctor who's going to look where you have the problem, and um, a CT scan doesn't diagnose bloat. It never has. But a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth breath test can, and so can a GIFX or um, uh, uh, Diagnostic Solutions stool test. So I would take a look at those kind of things because your doctor is missing the boat. How would I find out? Um, what would I t t t tell the doctor this? Um, you would tell the doctor you want a SIBO breath test, S-I-B-O breath test. SIBO? Yeah, breath test. S-I-B-O. Oh, Small S intestinal bacterial overgrowth, that breath S test. That would be the place I would start. Thank you, Mark. S-I-B-O breath test. All right, and got Christina from St. Pete. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Dr. Harvey. Hi there. For taking my call. I've called in a couple times before. You might remember me. So I'm calling about my mom. <clears throat> I called during uh, one of the shows when you did the laser therapy, but I'm not sure if that really applied so much to my mom. So I wanted to get the skinny on her psoriatic arthritis. And just to give you just a, a, a quick snippet of back history, she was diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis about, I would say, a little less than a year ago. Her doctor put her on methotrexate, which they say is the only thing, really, for uh, psoriatic arthritis unless they do a biologic. And for whatever reason, my mother is terrified of going on a biologic. <clears throat> I'm not sure why. I don't know too much about this. Uh, additionally, she has a back condition since she was 13 and Okay, so that, that really helps right there. The thyroid condition and another autoimmune condition. Um, the first thing to do would be go gluten-free and dairy-free and egg-free and bean-free. Do a WALS, W-A-H-L-S apostrophe diet. Terry Walls has a great, great diet you can look at um, online. And that is the first thing I would do with anybody who has psoriatic arthritis and a, uh, a thyroid problem, which is probably Hashimoto's thyroiditis, because um, you don't get other things that young. And uh, also, I would look at the microbiome and toxic metals. One of my um, uh, older patients, uh, um, back in, in the early 2000s, I, I was able to help a guy with psoriasis um, uh, by getting the mercury out of his body.
there's many things that cause the immune disruption that will result in psoriasis, including uh, your microbiome. Uh, Klebsiella and Proteus will are two bacteria that will trigger uh, uh, psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. So it'd be very worth it to have a, an evaluation for your mom. Great. So you said gluten-free diet, dairy-free diet, and what was the third thing? That's Egg and bean, the the Walls diet. Just look up the W A H L S diet, uh, and you'll get that very. Um, and there's several iterations of it. It gets more and more s- severe and strict as you go further in. And it's not like it's a forever diet. It's more of like yes, a- it is. This is a lifestyle change. This is the way you live the rest of your life. It's not something you can hopefully have it go away and then go back to eating the bad food that caused the problem in the first place. Wow. Okay. And then. The microbiome and the toxic metals, is there a name for those tests you would need to have ordered? Um, uh, well, they, they have lots of different names from different companies, but if you ask for a microbiome test and a toxic metal test and your doctor can't do it, you need to go to ifm.org and actually see if you can find a practitioner close to you. Great. Will do. Um, and that methotrexate, uh, the doctor says that's why she keeps getting sick with colds every month because the methotrexate is kind of sort of tearing down her immune system. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's, on that? It suppresses the immune system. That is its specific purpose. That is why you take it. <laughs> so, yes, you do have the adverse consequence of getting more sick. So, she needs to be on some type of supplementation program in order to, to, to feed the good bacteria and build up her immune system because of the methotrexate? She needs to see a functional medicine doctor and get off the methotrexate. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So if she does these things, she might be able to bypass the methotrexate. Exactly. I don't have anybody in my practice on methotrexate. And they have psoriatic. Okay. I haven't written a prescription for that since 1999. Wow. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Harvey. I do appreciate you and your show. Very welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. All righty. Well, we've got Sarah on the line and just about just five more minutes left in the show. And I know you've got a Buku emails as well. So let's get Sarah going. Good morning, Sarah. Yeah. Hi. Um, My question is about Manuka honey. I have some that I bought locally that says it's 10 plus MGOs, methyl glyoxyl units. I bought Mm -hmm. some in New Zealand that's 100 plus and it goes all the way up to 400 plus. I wonder, is there a value in that number and what does it do for you? So there probably is a value in that number is why they're listing it. It might be marketing. (laughs) That's a value. It could be actual medical benefit. Honestly, I don't know enough about Manuka honey to tell you whether or not it's going to do anything for you. I just know that honey itself has some great biologic properties and used in moderation. It can be useful for everybody. Okay, thank you. I've heard to take it when you're sick, so I don't know <laughs> if that's Yeah, no, I've heard the wives' tales too. I just don't know if any research and I've not really actually applied it myself in practice. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All righty there, Dr. Harvey. Our board's finally gone quiet. It's been a great time of people calling on in, so they've sure also has. been sending emails. Let's dig into those. I will do that. Here's one from Robert in Brandon. What holistic integrated protocols do you recommend for AFib patients? Well, the first thing is find out if you have sleep apnea because it's one of the principal causes. The second cause, uh, or the other principal cause, I should say, is alcohol. So if you're using alcohol, stop it. And if you uh, have not been checked for sleep apnea, get checked. Um, this one is for Duran. Um, let's see. Alzheimer's with paranoia. Now, that's a problem. Um you know, 
people with dementia don't do well with the atypical uh, antipsychotic medicines that work on paranoia. They can cause some significant problems. So actually, uh, I have watched people calm down very significantly with lavender oil, putting a lavender oil infuser in the room or putting a little cotton pledget, uh, uh, you know, uh, taped to their lapel or whatever with some um, lavender oil on it may just take the edge off. But then you have to actually really look at all the other medications that are going on into the body and uh, are they necessary? Things that may help with memory may make more agitated. Things like um, uh, the Alzheimer, the regular uh, Alzheimer's medications, um, Exelon and such. Um, so you, you may want to not go there. David asks about Ozempic. Um, you're being used by bodybuilders as a weight loss and a cutting drug. Um, and, and, and the question is, is it safe for this purpose? Look, it's not safe for any kind of stupid purpose. Bottom line, if you want to uh, abuse your body, you can use, abuse your body. Big boys should be able to play with big boys toys, but it's just like, it's weird. <laughs> Bottom line, I wouldn't be using Ozempic to get cut so I can show off my non-fat physique. It's like weird. <laughs> What's the purpose? Um, so, um, uh, a good question here. Can Lyme be mistaken for ALS? Yes, of course it can. Um, in fact, ALS can be mistaken um, as as Lyme probably. But bottom line is um, neurodegenerative diseases uh, are definitely a Lyme-associated problem. And so we definitely have to pay attention to that. Um, Dave asks, um, are there uh, any supplements to help with diabetic neuropathy? Yeah, I've talked about this numerous times. Great stuff out there. Alpha lipoic acid, 600 milligrams twice a day. Uh, methylcobalamin, methylfolic acid, benfotiamine. These are great ways to deal with it. So, um, yeah, we're down to the last seconds here. And I just want to thank everybody for calling in and participating today. It's been great talking with you. Thanks for the emails. Thanks, Irene, for screening the calls. And Bill, for your great in the studio production for me thank you so much oh, it's always next my week. pleasure there doctor go on oh yeah next week again it's going to be ama we're until until further notice we'll be having fun chatting all righty well i'm looking forward to that and i want to thank everybody who did call on in we had just a plethora of callers and that was fantastic you help make the show and irene makes it all possible being in the control room so until next monday at 10 o'clock Thank you, Dr. Harvey, and thanks to all of our listeners and callers. And to Irene, y'all are the greatest. You have been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming right on up is 5 Minutes of NPR News, and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. And until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community-conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved. Music.